Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And a midnight cry was heard. And behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. After the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you how it speaks to us today. There's something we need to hear. So we ask that you would make that clear to us as your people. And Father, we can leave here with a clear understanding of where we are in your plan and how to best fulfill our responsibilities for you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We do ourselves a disservice if we limit this parable to apply to those who are lost versus those who are saved and try to divide these two groups of bridesmaids into uh, those categories. All too often, believers, we often display characteristics of the five foolish bridesmaids. In order to understand this, you need to realize what happened in a first century Jewish wedding. Our weddings usually take place at one specific time of the day at one particular building. Maybe the reception's at another place. But the Jewish wedding took place all over town. What would happen is, of course, after the uh, betrothal or the engagement, the groom would go back to his father's house and prepare living quarters for his new bride. And he would add on to the father's house and prepare a place for his new bride. She never knew when it was going to be ready. But when it was ready, he would come after her. And the procession would wind all through town. Just as the longest route through town. And he would go and get the bride. And the wedding could take place there. And they would do the, some, some, some part of the ceremony there. Then they would all come back through town and go to his home. Now, the biggest part of the wedding celebration would happen at his home. It was not limited to one afternoon. It was pretty much a whole week of celebration would take place, and it would be just about a, an open house in the house of the bride and the groom for those who were specifically requested. Now, here's what would happen. He returns to get his bride, and part of the ceremony would take place over there. Over here at his home, they would leave some bridesmaids, some attendants. And it would be sometimes a different number, not specifically 10. This number was just mentioned. 
they would leave some bridesmaids in attendance because it was very important that when they got to that part of town, they had plenty of light to light the way because normally it would be at a late hour. In this uh, parable, it said at midnight the cry came out. Now, they never knew when the wedding party was coming, just like the bride never knew when the groom was coming. So it was all a matter of suspense. It was all part of the celebration of the wedding. You never knew when the celebration was going to come to your part of town. So the whole wedding party would make their way, and then when they got near, someone would shout, the bridegroom is coming, and the bridesmaids would go out with their lamps and make sure that as much of a light as possible was guiding the way to the house. This was important because we just assumed there were lights in a Jewish village. But when it got dark and the sun went down in first century Palestine, it was dark. So it was a notable thing to have a lot of light in town. I mean, it was really something special happening when you had that many people walking around with lamps. Here's the problem. The problem is, of course, some of the bridesmaids were prepared because they knew it could be a long time. They brought extra oil with them. Some of the bridesmaids just put just enough oil to light their lights and say that they came to the party. And, of course, he was delayed in coming, and the lamps begin to go out. Then we understand, of course, they begin to ask to borrow some oil. Well, here's what would happen when the wedding party finally came to the house. When they finally came to the house, they would all go inside. And the whole wedding party and every guest that was invited would go into the house, and it says the door was shut. Now, that's an important custom in that the door was shut, and there was usually a keeper at the door, and he would check for invitations. You see, they had a lot of food at these parties. And there were a lot of hungry people that may not have been invited to the party to try to slip in to get some of this good food. So they usually had somebody at the door checking for invitations. The invitations would be on a clay tablet or something, of course, and they would show their invitations. They would let them in. So this is what happened, of course. The problem is that five have not purchased extra oil, and the lights were going out, and so they said, we can't let you borrow ours. Now, there's... This is not a lesson on helping your neighbor and not helping your neighbor. This is a lesson on fulfilling your responsibilities and what's expected of you. And the other bridesmaids were very correct. They said, we can't let you borrow some of ours because then our lights will go out and we'll all be in the dark. You go buy all for yourself. Now, this was possible because on the night of the wedding, the shops knew that people would be all through the streets carrying lights with this parade. So they would stay open. Shops were open. It wasn't that they couldn't get any oil. It was just that the fact that they didn't prepare, it was a major uh, delay. And, of course, it took them away from the party because they were not prepared. And so when they came back, the door was shut. This is not an allegory about getting into heaven or not getting into heaven. It's an allegory about 
being prepared and fulfilling our obligations. Because when these young ladies were asked to do this, they made a commitment. Yes, I'll be a bridesmaid. Yes, you can depend on me to keep the porch lit and then to come out and make sure the yard's lit. And we're going to have a big party because that was their job is to have their lights lit and have enough oil to keep them lit as long as it was necessary. They made a commitment. And this is all about preparation and fulfilling our commitments. Though the problem is the fact that they had no oil. But now there's a bigger problem. The bigger problem, of course, not just that they weren't prepared, but the fact that they weren't prepared and they didn't adequately plan and bring enough oil speaks volumes about their lack of genuine respect for the groom and his bride. They made a commitment that they would make this the best party they could make it. And they knew when they came in here what the custom was, and they knew it could be a long time. Five of them prepared, and it meant enough to them to do their best and to bring whatever oil they knew was necessary to be there for a long time. Five of them seemingly just threw something together, got just enough oil to light their lamps and go and stand by for a while, and then the lamps went out. It had a lack of respect for the bride and the groom and a lack of regard as to the value of their task. They didn't take their work seriously. They didn't take their service to the bride and the groom seriously. And perhaps this is the reason they were denied entrance because cultural constraints and that kind of thing in the Jewish household, in the Jewish village, uh, it would have been an insult to the bride and the groom for his yard to be just half lit up when he had prepared for this much light and he only had this much light. And it was a lack of respect and a lack of regard for what he had asked them to do. So now here are the lessons. Here are the lessons. And I think we would miss out on it if we just think there's five lost people and five saved people. Here are the lessons for all of us on the sides of those who were not prepared. Number one, there are certain things which cannot be obtained at the last minute. And of course, there's possibility salvation is one of them. Now, we all know about the thief on the cross, and I know of people who have been saved late in life, and that is great. However, we do not know when the hour of death comes. So for someone to try to wait to the last minute in order to acquire a relationship with God, that's a very dangerous place thing to do. So this cannot be obtained at the last minute. But then again, a deep, lasting relationship with God takes some time. A student preparing for a test can't be obtained at the last minute. Oh, you can look over some stuff, and we all talk about cramming the night before a test. That's not as effective as knowing your stuff because you've kept it. Acquiring a skill cannot be obtained at the last minute. It takes years to acquire a skill. So if you're going to be doing a job, it takes a long time of personal effort and diligence and deliberate attention to develop that skill. And you can't wait till the day before you're asked to do something and then try to, to throw some things together and 
Google something on the internet and look at a video and say, I think I can do that. It takes years to acquire a skill. It takes years to rebuild trust once it is betrayed. Years. It takes years to build a good name and reputation. It takes years to build that. And so we understand there are some things you can't wait to the last minute to do. We have to start on them now, not knowing when the last minute comes. So even if we start now, that very well could be the last minute. But if you wait till later, these things may never, ever get done. Secondly, there are certain things which cannot be borrowed from others. And there's, that's the, the, the uh, lesson here. It's not that these bridesmaids were, were stingy. The Bible is filled with admonitions of being generous with others when they are in genuine need. The five foolish bridesmaids were not in genuine need because of a sad state of affairs that took them by surprise. They were in a state of need because they did not plan and they did not prepare and they didn't take their life seriously. So therefore, there are some things that cannot be borrowed from others. Number one, a relationship with God cannot be borrowed from others. Now, others can assist a person in meeting the Lord. Others can assist a person in getting close and show them a walk with God. But nobody else can do that for you. Nobody else can do that for me. And I can't borrow that from somebody else, no matter how much I may want to and how much they want to lend that to me. We can't lend a relationship with God to someone else who is not taking the initiative. That is your personal responsibility. And even though we may come from a godly home and a godly family, there comes a time where we are responsible with our relationship with God. We alone and somebody else can't lend that to us. Something else that can't be borrowed from others, a life of character. Now, again, when we grow up in a household and we grow up with a, in a Christian home with Christian parents and they're people of integrity, we inherit a good name. And as I mentioned this morning, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. But now after we get to be a grown-up, we're responsible for what we do with that good name. And the good name of my mama and my daddy can't help me once I get grown. I'm responsible for my reputation. I'm responsible for my character. I'm responsible for my name. And I can't borrow that from anybody else. Spiritual growth cannot be borrowed from someone else. We can help each other through this. We can disciple each other through this. But spiritual growth, sooner or later, comes to our responsibility with what we will do with our responsibilities to God. Familiarity with God's word, we're responsible. Now, people can teach us, people can help us, but when it comes to being familiar with God's word, it takes work that only we can do. So all these we must acquire for ourselves. And so this is not a, a parable of 
three stingy bridesmaids and three other, I mean five stingy bridesmaids and five who, who just went off in a huff because their friends wouldn't help them. It's a parable about those who didn't see the urgency of the event that they were about to take uh, place in and have a part in and the respect that they had with their relationship with the bride or the groom. And someone who didn't take all these things seriously, so they came to the event totally unprepared when all it had been taken was some forethought and some effort to acquire what was necessary to enjoy the celebration. So what it's saying is a lot of times we miss out on a lot of blessings on our spiritual life simply because we refuse to put forth the effort for a relationship with God, proper relationships with others, familiarity with God's word, all of these things we have to acquire for ourselves. Is there anything before we close? 